And we're live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live Reality Games, where this is definitely a show. I'm your host, Parker, and joining me, as always, is Nathan. Nathan, how are you doing? Uh, life is life. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't have said it better. Life is life, my friend. Uh, work has been hectic. I know you've had a lot going on with work and school, but Survivor Angelica prevails on, doesn't it? To quote the great Moby, there's always room in life for this. So <laughs> yes. we make time for Survivor Angelica. <laughs> well, we got a great episode going. Uh, we apologize. We know this is a little later than normal, but this is just the time that works, and we're very happy. And of course, this is Angelica after dark. We're, we're playing with the dark. format because, like, this whole episode was at night. So that's true. If we were being accurate, like, we'd have like flood lamps on us, you know. We'll... <laughs> Bugs and like, and like uh, mosquitoes uh, flying yeah. past the camera. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic tribal at night here. The bugs must be just different at their location because every time we've tried to do like a night tribal council, it's a like total night terror. Yes, it, there's just loud. the bugs are so loud. Well, and they that have was really, really an episode good, uh, here. They have really good equipment at Angelica. Not saying we don't, but I've noticed they have like full-on cameras so maybe they just have stuff that can help with the audio <laughs> what a novel concept you're actually using cameras <laughs> and not phones <laughs> but even then though like even with like cameras like i you can see some of the like camera rigs they have on production yeah like they have the shotgun mics on there but shotgun mics aren't like a magic bullet it's still i i have to think the bugs are just I think the bugs are bad. It could also be regional. It's just worse in our area. But I I do think the bugs are probably bad, but they've just edited out the sound with the audio. So props to them. Yeah. But we have a very exciting episode. Nathan, this kind of felt like, I don't know if they still do this, but you know when, like, on Real Survivor, they would release an episode at Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving where two people went home in one episode? That's kind of what this felt like. Yeah, the survivor decided to replace the like horrible recap episode where it's like, did you see this scene that we cut out initially because it was really boring? <laughs> like, well, now you can watch it again, like that kind of thing. I know uh, it's weird. Rather than have no have no con have no like game content, they sped up the game content. <laughs> yeah, it's very it, it's a very odd like chain of thought they had there, but I appreciate it. Same here, like I. The sped up format, I thought, worked pretty well. So, Nathan, we're going to start this episode. We're going to go immediately into our final seven immunity challenge. And it's, I don't know the name for it. I know this challenge is, it's its the touchy subjects format. Whereas the host, Jason, is going to ask them questions. Uh, it's going to be a multiple choice question. And whoever gets it right gets to chop a life from another player each player gets three lives once you lose all three lives you're out last person standing wins but the only difference is rather than answering questions about themselves they they're asked questions about uh trivia on cbs survivor so that's the main difference this challenge is it's so confusing the way survivor marks these challenges this is not an angelica thing like it's u.s survivor that does this weird so it's a challenge where touchy subjects is a challenge where you guess the correct correct answers about (laughs) 
the people on your tribe, like based on the quiz. Right. Um, coconut chop is when you cut people out one by one based on uh, based on that order, and you have three lives. But they have a whole other challenge called Quiz Show. So this was a hybrid of three different challenges. <laughs> which it really shouldn't be, because this is like a Survivor staple. It's very odd that we yeah, have yeah. this set up this way. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I, I, I feel like this is one of, if not, okay, it's what has to be one of the most common, like, challenges we see in LRGs from the real show, right? Because, And I understand why, because if you want to, you always want to feel like you're doing a challenge on the real show, and this is one that any game can replicate that's from the real show. So I completely understand why it's so popular. And, well, and like you said, there's more than one way to do it. You can ask touchy subjects questions, you can ask them questions about the real show, you can ask them questions about things that have happened in their game up to that point. Uh, like in this case, things that happened before the final seven, it can be like survival questions about the area. You can do a lot with it. Um, I always feel like you're playing with fire when you're asking trivia questions about their own season. You think so? I feel like every time, like afterwards, we're like, ah, crap, that answer was technically incorrect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, Survivor Africa did that, and that's like with a multi-million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. So you I definitely understand using outside materials here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, and I. That's why I completely understand why they did it off the real show, uh, trivia off the real show. If they didn't want to go the touchy subjects route, but I, I must say, Nathan, um, I I really enjoyed the challenges we've seen up to this point, Survivor Angelica, I really enjoy. I think the challenges and the challenge later in the episode as well, I really enjoyed. I was not a big fan of this one. And really it comes down to one simple fact. I really just think this challenge should be reward only and not immunity because what happened, what, what would happen normally if you make this specific challenge immunity and not reward happened. The two guys on the bottom, Jay and Brett, were immediately cut. And I just think that is an inherent flaw in the challenge. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a flaw in the challenge. Right. Uh, especially this late in the season. I think this result was somewhat inevitable. Uh, granted, I, I do think they got a little unlucky in that Jay went on this, like, three immunity streak beforehand. Right. And they couldn't have necessarily predicted that, especially since Jay's wins were so random. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, this three. I'm not saying random as in arbitrary. I'm saying random right, right. as in like, uh, they're all different skill sets. Right, right. So it's not like the first three challenges are all like, uh, who couldn't stand still the longest? Like U.S. Survivor is. Uh, <laughs> they're all varied in that way. Yeah. No, and I absolutely. And like I said. That's why I, I know these challenges are pro, are way, are planned in advance, um, and they do a great job picking them. And I understand that, like, if you want to do this specific, I understand the appeal to this challenge for production aspect. Trust me, <laughs> as someone who's picked helped be on production for one of these games, like it's super quick setup. And like you said, there are it's pitch dark at night. You know, they don't they only have the game is only about three days long. You know, you need challenges that are both quick setup and will go fast so you can make the rounds go faster. Completely understand that. Uh, I just think that what happened is was probably inevitable when you make a, a challenge like this for immunity and not reward. So I do think the result, like you said, was inevitable. It's a, still a great challenge. I just do think when you do this type of challenge, it is 
unfortunately that's more likely to happen is what happened in this challenge. I do think I, I agree with you that I would not normally have this as an immunity, but if you're going to, I think it's more justifiable if it's like the second round after the merge. Wherein like if if you're like needing needing immunity at that point, right. like come on, you're you're not winning this game in all likelihood. No, absolutely. And and but like uh, we're at final seven here. This feels very <laughs> late for this. And and to your point, I, I don't it's again the fact that it ended up Jay is the one who goes out here. Obviously, like you said, they could have never predicted um Jay go winning all three of the first three immunities. Or at least if you are gonna predict that, that's one of the less likely outcomes that somebody would do that. And again, that's what I don't, and it sucks because Jay is the one who goes here. Uh, I don't so much look at it that way as like, oh, poor Jay. It's just so much as, because it also happened to Brett, who didn't win the first three minutes. It's like, just the, the way it's designed is whoever is on the bottom, regardless of what the reason is, it, that's what it'll happen to. So I'm with you. I normally wouldn't have it be for immunity. Uh, I'd probably stick it for reward, but I still enjoyed it. I thought the questions were uh fair enough even if somebody doesn't really watch the show too much i don't think they were impossible by any means i do think maybe they could have done if they wanted to do the questions they could have done like whoever gets it right maybe gets a point and maybe cut out the three lives system maybe just do it as like a point system whoever has the most points at the end wins if they want to use the questions but I, I still enjoyed the challenge over i still enjoyed like what we got out of the challenge and the questions themselves this is going to be a weird thing to bring up, but I actually, of all the challenges, I was impressed with this one's production design. Like, those balloons, I don't know how they did it, but they just absolutely, for uh, no pun intended, popped with the lighting, like the dark <laughs> lighting. I don't know if they got glow-in-the-dark balloons here, but they looked really good at, like, the boards they were on. It all looked very professional. Yeah. So I liked that aspect of it. Um in that way, it kind of looked better at night, honestly. I also like the dart. I don't know. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, anytime we would pop balloons, we would, like, have scissors. So you would chop it, and it makes a loud noise, whereas the dart is a lot quicker and a lot more efficient, so. Yeah. Um, I wrote down some of the questions on here. Okay. Uh, so, we're nerds, so I think we could have gotten a I lot think of we got. Right? I think we probably would have gotten all of them. Yeah. But, like, let's rate from a scale of 0 to 10, like, how difficult these questions are. Yeah. Like, 0 is, um, what's the name of the CBS hit show hosted by Jeff Probst? Uh, right. 10 is how many freckles were on Rob Zabachnik's neck in episode <laughs> 5. You know, that kind of thing. Just absolutely ridiculous. Yes. Uh, okay. So, what season was at the longest at 42 days? So... Here's the thing. I feel like anybody who's only seen the last few seasons wouldn't realize that. And I also, this was filmed, I'm pretty sure, before For Survivor 41 came out. So, like, at least they would know pretty much every season before that was 39 days. But I feel like anybody who at least watched the older seasons, which to be fair is when Survivor was at its most popular, they would know that. So I don't think this one's too, too hard. I would say a lot of, me included, honestly, 
one gap I have in just Survivor memories, I don't pay attention to like what day things happened on oh, or like either. the format of the season or anything like that. And I think a lot of fans, like even if you watched Australia, I don't know if you'd necessarily remember like, ooh, the 42 days thing. <laughs> I'd say I'd go like four or five probably on this one. Yeah, four or five, maybe six. Average difficulty. Um, Which Big Brother alum was also played Survivor? Okay, I will. I will say. I, I feel like this one is also somewhat tricky, especially if you only watch Survivor and not Big Brother. So that's kind of difficult. Like, and and yeah, they. I remember both Hayden and Caleb said in their opening on Survivor that they were on Big Brother. So I'm I'm saying maybe you look at it as well. If you watch that season, they did say it, but also that's two out of what forty seasons up to that point. So that one would be pretty tricky, I think. Honestly, I would say it's about the same as the last one. You think so? Because I feel like if if you aren't that familiar with Survivor, I think you're, if anything, more likely to know that Hayden played Big Brother than you are to know that uh, Australian Outback lasted 42 days. You know, you've convinced me, because for the same reason I just gave for those two, it's like you would just happen to get lucky and those would be two of the seasons out of all 40 up that were filmed, that were aired at that point. You can say the same for Australia. You just happened to get lucky, and that was one you'd seen. So yeah, probably four to six range, I'd say. Um, who was nicknamed Sugar? So we're getting to very like not only season specific, but like contestant specific. I was going to say I we're nerds, but even then, I couldn't tell you if they ever referred to Sugar as Jessica on the show. Yeah, so um, that would be kind of hard, I think. Like yeah. that—that's where if you ever like went on the Survivor wiki, you would know that. <laughs> but I'm saying if you just watch the show and don't go on social media at all, I, how I don't think someone would know that. Yeah. On a side note, Sugar does not look like a Jessica at all. No, I've never really thought about this before, but it, it's weird just thinking of her. The show calling her Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look like a Jessica. I agree. I'd give that like a six. I don't think it's daunting but i don't think it's easy either i think it's i don't think it's question. like this i don't think it's the hardest question they asked but it's it's harder than the last few six or seven for me which player spent the most time on edge of extinction um i feel like honestly it depends on what you're looking at well like it's wholly dependent on if you've seen edge of extinction the answer was natalie right uh i thought it was Reem. I thought Natalie got voted off on the second day, and Reem got voted off on day three, right? But didn't they only give Edge of Extinction people? Like, uh, as in 38 people? Or am I Oh, I can't this? remember. Okay. I can't remember. I think I remember the answer being Reem. Okay. Um, if it was so... Because that would be my... If, if they said it was just at, for the Edge of Extinction season, then okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like I, I similarly, I'd give this like a five. I, I, I think if you ask like your average Survivor fan, they wouldn't know this. But if you've seen that season, I think Reem has a pretty big presence there. Okay, you're right. And it was Sorry. like a big storyline that like she complained constantly about being the first person on Edge. No, if, if if they if they just let it, that's why I was confused. I was like, if they included winners at war, I'm like, I could see that being a gotcha where people got yeah. confused between Reem and Natalie. But if it was solely Edge of Extinction, the season. Then I feel like, yeah, Reem 
is pretty obvious. So I, I don't think there's a gotcha there. So uh, if you've seen that, se- again, it's I guess you can make the same argument. Well, have they seen that season? I mean, I guess at the very least, that season was more recent by the time that they played this Survivor Angelica game. So I'd give that one like maybe a four or five. I don't think that one's yeah. too impossible. Yeah, I think so far they're all pretty much equal in difficulty. Yeah. Um, first player to ever quit, that's Austin. Um, I think this is like, if you were uh, a Jeopardy contestant and the theme of the week was Survivor Trivia, I feel like this is something you would study. Right. Like, you'd go on, like, an ET Canada article or something and find, like, <laughs> little-known trivia. Austin was the first pl- that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as is, though, I'd honestly say, like, for your average person who's just watching seasons, I don't think they remember who Austin is. No, I and I. this is also one of those where it's like, oh, who was the first person to play an idol? I feel like their mind goes to, I don't know exactly, so I'm just going to say a memorable idol play that I remember, or in this case, <laughs> yeah. a memorable person who quit. So I could see people saying like Nayanka or Purple Kelly here, you know. Yeah. Just, I'm saying, like, if they don't know for a fact, they're going to go to something. Sandra. Sandra, yes. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Like, a a memorable quit for them, like, in their minds. So, uh, I I can see this tripping people up. Yeah. I think there's, like, I think we're figuring out when we're rating these that there's kind of, like, a curve here. Where Mm -hmm. if you're, like, if you're a super fan of Survivor, this is not a difficult question at all. Right. This is pretty standard. But I if you're just casually say, watching, I think this is actually kind of difficult. Yeah. And I will say, that was season seven, Pearl Island. So, you can't even say, like, with the Australia, at least it was one of the early seasons, and Edge of Extinction was one of the newer seasons. This one is not either, so you could argue this one's a little bit trickier. And even if you watched Pearl Islands, like, outside of Jeff being just a total douche to Austin, like... <laughs> They go to tribal council and he goes home. Like they're the only difference yeah. is they don't technically vote. Yeah. Um so it's and not like, even like Austin like throws the tantrum like, I need Jeff to come to the island right now. I'm not staying here one more minute. <laughs> and to be fair, and, and Prongs is one of the most popular seasons ever, but like is Austin quitting even like the in the top five most memorable things from that season? No, no, not even. Like, if you ask them memorable Pearl Islands moments, like, you're going to think of, like, Rupert stealing the shoes, the dead grandma lie, the outcast twist. Like, all that's going to come up before. Yeah, and on top of that, like, this is a whole other tangent, but, like, the way (laughs) the show treats Austin is so ridiculous. (laughs) Because he's, like, deadly sick, and he's just like, okay, we have to go to tribal council. I don't think I can last longer. You all vote me out so one of you doesn't have to go. And the show's like, let him burn. <laughs> your hot, your take about Austin making one of the dumbest moves ever, selling the clothes in this village, is one of my favorite things you've ever said. <laughs> yeah, that's that's dumber than quitting. I mean, he he's day one, he's just like, yeah, let me sell all my clothes for like pennies at this point. Yeah, like what did he, he was, and he was left with what, his boxers and his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's let's not get too deep into the Pearl Islands treasure hole. Um, <laughs> so the final one I recorded is which Survivor contestants posed for the 2003 Playboy? Um, okay, I, which again, okay. this is another ET Canada question. Like, oh, yeah. did you know that in 2003, Jenna Maraska posed for Playboy? That so here's that the kind thing. Of thing. 
This one, I will say, is probably the most difficult. The one, yeah, read, I would because agree. it's never referenced on the show. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I'm saying like, like there's, and I'm not saying this is what the Angelica producers want. I'm just saying like, I guess if you squint hard enough, you could say, well, if they remember the Jenna Heidi thing, they can make that connection. But again, that never happens on the show. So this is something. I'm saying in terms of difficulty, this would be more difficult because you can't even say, well, it was talked about on the show because it wasn't. No, no. Maybe like in the reunion of Amazon it was, but I don't remember the Amazon reunion. I don't even know if they had posed by then. I feel like if they had, like the show was so horny at that point, they probably would have. They'd be like, have you heard that Jenna and Heidi made they <laughs> pose for Playboy? <laughs> I didn't have you make a that voice on my bingo card for tonight. <laughs> Easily the horniest season of Survivor of all oh, of them. By far, by far. But welcome to Angel- Angelica After Dark, the horniest of the Angelica <laughs> This is Angelica After Dark, everybody. Um, no, uh, and again, uh, and when I say that maybe it was talked about in the reunion, I'm saying that's the only place it could be. So I'm saying maybe it was, but I don't remember. So yeah, I'm going to give that probably like an an eight or nine maybe even a 10 what do you think in terms of difficulty um i feel like a nine's really high i, I think i feel like I okay like maybe a seven maybe or seven yeah and i'm I not feel like the easiest impossible. question of all of the um the, i i skipped one question first okay. season have an immunity idol um guatemala that, that right? was guatemala i think that's the hardest question on here well, it happened on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a trick question, though. Because it's not like a traditional immunity idol. That's true. That's true. That 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 are the last one of the two most difficult ones in terms of difficulty. I feel yeah. the easiest is probably uh, which Big Brother alum also played Survivor. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that might be kind of a trick because I think some people might say Terry or Yule's Idol and think those seasons. Uh, yeah. Um, and even if you want to be like a real like nerd like us, like you would think, oh, Fiji, that's the first time the modern idol was. Used. That was the first time the modern idol was yes. played. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I mean, they didn't they didn't word it like that. So there's no trickery in the wording. It's just, do you remember that Guatemala had an idol? Yeah. Uh, so, so, well, the, I, I also wrote down the order. I didn't like, not the order like they took each other out of the challenge, just like I wrote down who got out at one point. So, Brett goes out first, followed by Jay. notes of this. I'm impressed. This is good. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't write down, like, oh, Steve took out Amy in question. Three. <laughs> yeah, we don't need like a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, I just wrote down, like, the order. So, Brett goes out first, and then Jay, followed by Taylor, Steve, and Amy. And it ends with Billy and Chad. I must also say, kudos to Billy and Chad, because I do think one part of this challenge, other than, like, oh, it targets people who are on the bottom, seemingly, the people who get far in this challenge and win, that normally shows, like, you're in arguably the best position because people are, are if nothing else okay with you winning if they can't win so kudos to billy and chad because the, it gets down to billy and chad and billy has two lives left and chad has all three yeah so, it's ridiculous that both of these guys made it this like good in the challenge they're yeah. at the final round they have five balloons total which is yeah. ridiculous <laughs> 
I'm like, and, and props to them because they both did a great job. But um, it ultimately ends up they go back and forth for a little bit. But Chad is going to win immunity here. First person, technically, him and Billy did win that final nine challenge with Jay. <laughs> but yeah. this is the first time someone other than Jay is, has immunity. Yes, good job. Um, have we ever seen it before where someone who's like not in all that good of a position wins this challenge? No, because what? Why would they? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the like conundrum with this challenge. Is as much as you don't want to like out your alliance to people, you kind of are ob- obliged to show something, right? And it's like, like I'll say, like, and I don't think he was in a bad position necessarily. I just, I was kind of surprised Steve made it as far as he did. I yeah. would have thought he would have gone on a- out after Jay, so that kind of surprised me. But other than that, I wasn't too, too surprised with how it went down. Yeah, Billy, like, I think went for Taylor twice, which is the only thing I remember. So maybe he kind of he didn't want Taylor to have immunity. So that was, I thought that was kind of interesting because that's going to tie into. What happens in the net in the final six tribal a little bit? Billy and Taylor not working together. So I guess that kind of showed us where those two stand. So Jay is unable to pull off his Boston Rob type game where he wins every immunity challenge. <laughs> we gave him too much. Cri- we gave we, him we a did. lot of crap for that. That, that should be a tri- that should have been a trivia question as punishment for the last tribal council. Like, <laughs> did Boston Rob win all the immunity challenges? <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go to so we're gonna go straight to tribal here and. Big question, at least I had going into it, is should Brett play as idol here? Oh. That to me, that was if as a viewer, I'm like, that is the big question here. Because like in at worst, right, it seemingly would be the five of them splitting between him and Jay, right? Three yeah. to two, which is actually kind of what happens. This is one of the rare cases where I would like actually probably advocate for just holding on to it right and because kind of just calling their bluff like yeah okay you want to keep jay over me have him win the game like by just beasting his way to the end fine by me right because i legitimately think even if like it came to a tie and they know for a fact brett has an idol i still think they might come to the conclusion yeah jay is more dangerous even with brett having an idol See, that's what I think too. So, but I do want to quickly say that I don't blame Brett here. Like, here's the no, thing. No, no, like, not at all. Everybody knows you have it. You're on the bottom. I know in that moment, as much as I want to sit here and say I would hold on to it if I was Brett, I probably would have played it. So, I don't blame Brett at all for being safe rather than sorry, especially because he was one vote away from going home. I'm not saying Brett knew he would get exactly to It's just, it, it was a close call. But it, I do think this is one of the rare occasions where it can be argued. Maybe he could have. There was a good enough reason to hold on to it because they've won. Jay has won all three of the first three individual immunities. This is their first shot at him. Typically on Real Survivor, this is when you take a shot at the Challenge Beast when they're first out, regardless of Brett also be on the bottom. And uh, it also was just tempting. Like Brett keeps his uh, Jay goes. He has his idol for six, plays it at six, and then he's guaranteed top five. Just like that, so it is tempting, but I don't, I don't fully blame Brett here. I think that, uh, I think a lot of the thought process process for people when they're playing is 
will I look back on this and think, oh God, what was I thinking? Right. And in this case, if you take out uh, Brett instead of Jay, and Jay bends or Mike Holloway's his way to the end, I feel like you're kicking yourself forever. Yeah. So I, I honestly think they would have taken out uh, Jay over Brett, even with Brett ha- holding an idol. Don't I you agree. think? No, I I think I truly think at the end of the day they were they would have always voted out Jay here over Brett. Um, yeah. So I so I'm just saying I don't blame Brett for it, but I do think this is one of the rare times where it really can be argued maybe he could have held on to it. And again, it would not abs- it would not have mattered if Jay won immunity. Obviously, Brett needs to play it. But I think this is one of the rare times where there's a bigger target than somebody with an idol. You know, like even though this is one of the like. It's like when Joe or Ozzy would lose a challenge. You know, it's like even if somebody happened to have an idol in the game, they're too uh, focused on taking out the, the challenge beast at that point because they, they're worried that this might be their only shot. So I do think Jay, unfortunately, was always in hot water here uh, when he lost. And um, to be fair to them, I think it's justified. I mean, yeah. again, we're at final seven. So he gets through this round. It's final six. You can think that there will probably be a final three, or at least that's a distinct uh It could be a three, but numbers-wise, it could be. It's probably going to be a two, but you're right. It could be a three. Maybe so, some twist like, will happen. And there's, and there's some kind of twist there. Now, you if Brett's taken out, there's an idol left in the game. Jay very well may find that idol, and he might just win the rest of the challenges. Like That wouldn't be the most insane outcome for the season. Right. Well, that's what they... Not to judge it, but just like in real foot, that was what William kept saying in season eight. It's like Nate lost immunity at final six. And it's like, it's, it really, especially with the final three, it is very possible to just win all the remaining challenges. That's that close. And Jay here with the final three, if you let him survive this round, he's in the final six. Like you said, Brett, the idol could go back into play. Jay could find it and he could win. If he, even if he doesn't find it, he would just have to win three more challenges in theory. So, uh, I, in theory, I do think, like, Jay was probably always the target here if he didn't lose, even over Brett. And Jay's not even necessarily the type where he's kind of a paper tiger with these challenges, where, like, he's like a James Clement, where he looks like he'll be really good, but in the in-game challenges, he might not necessarily be suited for them. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just very easily see him win, like, any uh, random challenge. To your point, he won three different challenges, you know, uh, in the beginning. Like, it wasn't all the same challenge. I wanted to highlight, Jay said something interesting in his voting confessional, where he talked about his only real plan. He, he said, he, I'm, no, I'm pretty confident I'm going home, but, like, he tried to get it to where it was a three to three vote against him and Steve. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm actually going to, I actually think that was knowing Brett has an idol. I think that was probably the right call to pin it on Steve. Cause as we're going to see the two duos in the game are Amy and Taylor and Chad and Billy. And Steve is the only other person not in that duo. Who's not Brett or Jay. So I actually don't think that was the worst. Uh, idea in the world for Jay to pitch hey let's throw some votes on Steve what did you think about that no it makes total sense yeah. uh, it was a most... long shot obviously I'm just I think I'm saying I'm giving him credit because I mean he could have been like oh Billy you should go like that wouldn't have worked so well I mean um, most the vast majority of people if they hear that their name is being written down and they have an idol they're just going to play it 
Right. And most of the time, that's the right move. So if he knows that for a fact, it's basically game over if they vote for um, Brett here. Right. So anything else from the tribal or the voting confessionals you noticed? Let me see. Because I, I did write down the vote count because it was kind of crazy. So Brett does throw Jay under the bus here. He does. Uh, he tells everyone he's 100% playing the idol, which he does. Um, yeah, and that's what I took note of this round. No, he does. I mean, Jay was pretty vocal at Tribal. I think he kind of knew his number was up, but he went for it. Um, and Brett kind of fired back, too. I think they, they're obviously the two in the hot seat. Um, so I, and I appreciate the fight of both those guys, especially because Brett has been his name has been thrown out every round since they've merged. He hasn't had immunity once. You know, he's had this idol now, but, you know, you don't want to play it if you don't have to. But obviously, I think Brett decided that no matter what, I, if I don't have immunity, I have to play this. So I did enjoy the back and forth between those two. Yeah, Brett's in a weird spot where he's one of these guys who looks like he'll be a challenge beast. Because mm -hmm. he's, like, in good shape. He looks like a Disney prince meets, like, a <laughs> action movie star, you know? <laughs> he, he's beautiful is what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, but he keeps getting beat by Jay in these challenges. Right, right. So it's... Uh, kind of like having a gun with no bullets, but everyone thinking you have a gun. It's, it's just not that useful. And you, if you anything, know what's worse is he can't even pitch the R strategy where it's like, like he's in the, because you have to be in the majority alliance to do that. You know, Aris was like, keep me around because I can, I maybe have a good shot at beating uh, Terry, in this case, Jay. But that argument doesn't mean anything because as soon as Jay, if Jay's not available or as soon as Jay's gone, they just want to vote out Brett. Like that, that's an yeah, argument you yeah. can make if you're like Chad in the majority or Amy, but like Brett can't even make that argument. So not that he tries to, I'm just saying he couldn't even if he wanted to. Um, so what was the vote count here? So kind of all over the place, it ends up being four different people get votes. Um, it ends up being three votes for Jay, two votes for Brett, one vote for Steve, and one vote for Amy. So yeah, I, I that was weird. Yeah. So Brett votes for Amy, um, and you know Brett kind of gets up to the voting confessional and says, "I I still don't even know who I'm going to vote for." Um, I don't know if it was just kind of a throwaway vote or if he was trying to just ha you know screw around with Amy or if he really didn't know. I'm not too sure. Um, uh, Jay this whole tactic this round was very confusing to me because he's seemingly taking several tactics at once. Because that, like, tribal council, he's talking like everyone just vote Jay off, make it simple. I'm playing the idol, and that's like the kind of thing you would say when you're not playing the idol and you yeah. just want to get past this round. But with the way he's voting and the way he's like talking, it's as though he's just like trying to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks and try to make a big move this round. Part it's of just a weird combination. Just trying to create chaos. And yeah. I think he knew Amy wasn't going home. I, he had to know, obviously. Just I think he was just more so either trying to create chaos or maybe it was just to troll, honestly. Yeah. I'm very curious. And Jay voted for Steve, which is not surprising um, because he did say he was trying to get votes on Steve. Uh, Billy and Amy vote for Jay. Or, sorry, sorry. Billy and Amy vote for Brett. And Steve, Taylor, and Chad end up voting for Jay. 
So like, why doesn't he just vote for Jay in that scenario? Like he can almost Who, guarantee he won't have to play the idol. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> and like, if anything, Jay could have voted for Brett. And if the split went wrong, like that's more votes on Brett. Like you're just lowering your options here. Yeah. Cause like even, even though he says he's playing the idol at this point, I'm pretty sure he's fully intending on playing it for real. Right. Like there's still the chance where you're like, does anyone have an idol? And he gets a gut feeling. Like, Ooh, I probably, I don't think I need to play it. You know? I agree. I, I do think it was a close, like I said, it was a one vote difference. It was a close call. Um, like again, if Jay votes for Brett, that's another vote on Brett. But if Brett votes for Jay, then, you know, it's almost like a guarantee or at least better odds that Jay goes home here. So I'm instead of this being a three to two to one, one, it could have been a four to three. So that's, I'm kind of, it's kind of weird how neither guy on the bottom voted for each other. Cause it's not like they're aligned, you know, like this isn't a fun. It's not, this isn't like, Oh, we're, we've been pagonged, you know, and we're the last two. And I just refuse to write down my ally's name. That's not what this is. It's just, these two guys are the biggest targets. But it's almost not like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie where you have all these like people <laughs> trying to get something, but they all have conflicting goals. Goals that <laughs> somewhat conflict, but they're not necessarily trying to kill each other. Like they don't really have much malice. They're just kind of throwing things around. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Talk about a series that overstated its welcome because I love those you. movies, but then they just <laughs> kept getting worse and worse. But I digress. Um, Jay exits here, very classy exit. Um, I really enjoyed Jay this season. You and I talked early on how he was a fun player. He was obviously good in the challenges, but he seemed to really want to strategize and want to play hard, and I can always respect that in a player. So it's tough to see Jay go here as soon as his immunity streak ends. Yeah, just keep bringing Jay back. Yeah. So Jay is one of these people. Like, same with Kurt. Uh, like. Just keep bringing him back every season. They'll He's already won be fun. once, so just keep yeah. bringing him back. Yeah, have him win the nine immunity challenges. <laughs> I, I would love to see it. I mean, he's fun. He's enter he's entertaining. He has a good attitude with it. He's yeah. like very blunt. He's interesting in that way. He's always like a big personality. He's a big force where in any tribe that he was on, and he's always willing to hear people out. I, there's just not much downside to him. No. And he always was willing to be open at tribal or talk to, like you said, be open with other players and be blunt. And I always appreciate that. Is it always the best gameplay? Who knows? But it's just, it is, it always leads to entertainment. And that's, as a viewer, I always appreciate that. So we go right into the, uh, uh, the final six immunity, Nathan. And uh, I can describe this one unless you want to. Go for it. All right, so this one, again, another Survivor Classic. A lot of props to the challenge team here because it really, it literally looks like it was taken right out of the show. Is uh, they each have to stand on a small platform, small square, and they have to hold a pole that has a ball on top of it uh, through it, and they have to keep the ball from dropping at different time intervals. Their hand will be lowered down the pole, um, and if the ball drops, they're out. Last person standing with the ball on top of the pole wins. Um, and again, like I said, props to the production design because it, it literally looked like it was made on Fiji on the real show. So I enjoyed that aspect a lot. Um, take note, we have had five immunity challenges so far, individual immunities. One of them 
is standing still for a long time. Take note, CBS. Take note, CBS. As we literally approach the merge on 42, take notes. We'll keep yeah. account for how many stand there and hold something challenges there are. <laughs> I, I, And I don't dislike there for a long time thing. This challenge is entertaining. There's nothing wrong with that. It'll, if every single one of these challenges was just a variation on this, that would start to become a problem. Yeah, yeah. Another area where Angelica is better than the multi-million dollar production. <laughs> I love it. I Like you said, there's nothing wrong with balancing and endurance comps at the merge. Like I said, I think those are more fair than like strength-based challenges. So I totally get why you do it. It's just when every single one is that way, it's not great TV and it becomes predictable. It's like all you have to do is throw in a puzzle or a memory, or a whatever challenge, but, like, when every single one is that challenge, like, it, 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 it I don't know, it just isn't the best entertainment, so I agree with I you fully I don't even know that. if I'd necessarily describe it as fair. Like, I'd say this is fair, uh, because it's, like, a mix of balance and coordination and focus and all that, but some of the CBS ones, it's literally just, if you're good at cardio, you'll win the challenge. No, 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 wait, wait. Not a hundred percent fair. I, I I just meant more fair, like in, in comparison to like a strength based comp. You know what I but mean? But have we ever seen that, like in the uh, a purely strength based competition? Not in a while. I remember, and this is only on my mind because I rewatched it like a few months ago. I remember in like Worlds Apart, they had that one with the bucket, and you know, it's it's weigh it weighs a certain amount of percent of your body weight you start the game with, and they always have to do a men's heat and a woman's heat for that because I mean, it's just a strength-based comp, you know, the men are more than likely going to win. So I'm talking about strength-based comps like that. They're not, oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They're few and far between in the individual stage, especially nowadays. I think in the older seasons, there was probably a lot more, but they switched it out again. I don't think balance is a hundred percent fair. It def and a lot of these cardio based challenges obviously are going to, some people are just going to be better at them than others. I just think they're more fair comparison. But I'm with you. When every single individual immunity is one of those, I think that's a problem. I'm honestly uh, trying to think if we've ever had a purely strength-based immunity challenge. As in, and it's not like divided by sexes at all. Which, honestly, I'm pro-dividing challenges by sex. I don't, mi I don't mind when they do that. It's just you have to if it's a pro-strength. Yeah. In That's terms of fairness, you have to. That'd be kind of funny, though. It's just, just one challenge, like individual beauty. Okay, sumo. Let's go. Bracket <laughs> sumo. <laughs> they and everyone's did. like looking at each other like, crap, we should have voted out Brett last round. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of another, like, purely, off the top of my head, purely strength based individual immunity. Individual Smurgen Brawl. Let's go. <laughs> Not smart. All right, Brett versus Taylor. <laughs> yes. Well, we kind of had that with idle hands a few rounds ago. Yeah. But that wasn't saying. like purely physical. That was like a. Mix, that's what I'm so. saying. If you're going to do like a one on one, 1v1 face off, like it has to be that, not a pure strength. I guess, um, like, I do think we have had some pretty unfair ones with uh, just not necessarily strength, but weight. Like the log roll challenge. There's just some people who cannot win that challenge. Yeah. Like, if you weigh significantly less than someone else, you're almost certainly not going to I also think, ironically, in the 
speaking of that, I think ironically, you know that one in China that Courtney wins? Yeah, like yeah. That, like, J- James and John Robert are never going to win that challenge. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. that is a challenge that helps to be, like, smaller. <laughs> yeah. But uh, regardless, um, uh, yeah, this is a Survivor classic. And again, I love the props to Survivor Angelica for not having a lot of these challenges back to back to back like the real show would. Um, I wrote down the order of again of how they go out. So Chad drops first, and then Amy, and then I think, and then I think the remaining four at least make it to the second stage or the third stage. Amy might have made it to the second stage. I don't know. But Steve drops after Amy and then Taylor, leaving Brett and Billy in the final two. And Brett is so close to clenching a win when he <laughs> Always needs the most. bridesmaid. <laughs> Never the bride. Unfortunately, um, Brett drops, leaving Billy, who was runner-up last challenge, to win this immunity challenge. Good for Billy. It's his first one. But can you imagine how frustrating that is to be Brett? It's like... Speaking of China, when PG at the final five, when she gets voted off, gets second to Amanda in that like tournament style challenge. Do you remember where like one person got it was like four stations and one person got out each time and she made it to the finals but lost to Amanda and got voted off. So it's like womp, womp. so close and yet so far. Um so Billy wins and uh Nathan, anything else about this this specific challenge before we what comes next? Nothing in particular. I, I liked the challenge. How do you think you do at this challenge? So, here's the thing. My first time at Real Foot, a, not the same challenge, but a challenge similar to this got me voted off. So, history repeat itself would make me think not well. Um, yeah. But I think I would do okay. Like, I think... The thing is, it's like, I lost because it was like Jenga blocks, stacking them, right? And my hands are just, I know most people are, but like my hands are just naturally shaky. I'm also not good at like just standing there comps. I always say that. I always told my teams that. You remember that. Like I'm better at like the running back and forth comps uh, rather than just standing there. I think I would do a little bit better because it's a ball and it's like you have the disc on top of the pole, the balance it but i don't think i would win how about you um multiply every negative you said about yourself in times three and that's me and that's <laughs> lowballing it like you know what challenges are not made very good for people with tourettes uh <laughs> stand still <laughs> on top of that i have shaky hands like crazy yeah I would be out instantaneously. Like, Jason would start bullying me based on how, like, quickly I got voted out. Like, all the other contestants would, like, start, like, pointing and laughing and all agree to vote me out. And I'd I cry and then the, the whole shebang here. I don't think that would happen. <laughs> It'd be funny, though. I mean... No, it would be funny, but you, you, I'm saying, you know why? Because even if you got out first in that challenge, you know what the other contestants and producers, producers would be doing like, after you got out, right? You know what they would be doing? Well, they would still be making fun of Nick for his battleship strategy. Yes, yes. <laughs> like two days later, Nick, <laughs> what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. The, this cast—they don't reward people based on, or they don't uh, discourage people based on bad performance. It's good performance. And they would also be discouraging Jared for practice for doing Survivor in his free yeah. time. Like Jared, what the heck were you thinking? You I'm were like immediately aligned with Steve. Like, yes, yeah, Steve, I'm bullied for my <laughs> challenge. <laughs> as well <laughs> so 
we actually have, and I want to ask you about this because we do this sometimes on Real Foot, where they ended up, so they did the immunity challenge and they crowned the winner at night, but they didn't have to go to tribal until the morning here. Uh, I've never had to do that on Real Foot. Have at least I don't think so. No, I had to do it once. But have you ever had an immunity challenge and then tribal the next morning? Did you ever have to do that? I did. I. I don't think so. I don't okay, think I, ever I, had that. I think I had to do it at least once in in season three. Um, I'm. I imagine that'd be nerve wracking. Well, that's what like I'm you're... saying. I was gonna. I was gonna say it was nerve wracking, and they, we've done it a few times, and I've experienced it once. And look, here's the thing. Like, I think we're. I don't think it really shook up this strategy necessarily. I still think no matter what would have happened, Brett or Steve would have gone home here. But like, and same in season three. I don't. Well, no, in season three, it did flip the script, you know, because one of my Minority Alliance members didn't go home. But it's just having all that extra time to think and plot and go through details where you normally only have like 45 minutes at most. And I'd say these guys throughout these last few rounds on Angelica probably had, what do you think, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes between challenge and travel to strategize? Like, just can you imagine, like, how much do you think, like, this this extra time to strategize affected the vote because again i don't i still think steve or brett goes home but they they had to have played out so many more scenarios than normal right i would be fascinated to hear hear from some of these people after the season because this feels very much like this uh plan came together this round yeah but it based on just how brett was behaving the previous round but on the other hand i could see it to where we hear from people like oh no this was planned from uh very early on like we were going to flip with brett later on so mm-hmm. so yeah i just i thought that was interesting because it's nerve-wracking to have to go do the challenge or the travel the next morning and you have all that night because normally you know you can see in this quick change from challenge to tribal who's talking to who but in this point like if you go to sleep, you all you have to wonder all the if if you do sleep. I don't ever sleep when I play, but <laughs> if you go to sleep, you have to be like, I I don't know who talked to who last night. Did Steve convince somebody? Did Brett convince somebody? This isn't good. But uh, just that's to me that's nerve wracking. That to me I feel like probably added a lot of layers to this vote, which is why it was as chaotic as which maybe played a part is why it was as chaotic as it was. Um, I this is what's interesting about the uh having tribal council like overnight like in the morning is that it adds in like the early gameplay where there's like kind of a faux pas and strategizing right. cuz we could very easily see like someone going crazy overnight and being like I'm I'm not going to sleep at all I'm going to talk to people overnight I don't care you all can sleep I'm here to play <laughs> and then everyone going like oh, that person's crazy let's vote them off yeah. Uh, so I would worry about overplaying and also just going to sleep, and everyone's like, "Nathan's sleeping. He clearly yeah. doesn't care. Let's yeah. vote him off." Yeah. So there's right, like exactly. a no-win situation here. And you have to wonder how, if you're the Billy in this situation, has immunity, who knows he's not going anywhere. But it's like, do I stay up late to make sure I'm not missing strategy, or do I just say, "Screw it, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep." But then. In the last few rounds of the game, we're in the end game. Do you really want to be missing out on any strategy, regardless if you're safe? So it's interesting. Yeah. 
So like you like I, I agree with you, it just adds an extra layer that we have that doesn't normally happen these live games or really on the real show ever. I don't I think it's rare when they have a I can't even think off the top of my head when they had a tribal like not the same night as the immunity challenge loss. Uh to quote a wise man, it adds a new player of a new layer of duplicity that did not exist before. <laughs> Very wise man, yes, who played fun fact, played the first ever immunity idol. In Survivor. <laughs> that is not true, Parker. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was it was, I told you it was a difficult question. Um uh speaking of, so we get to the tribal council and it's first of all, you can tell it's cold. Like you you and I have woke you and I have woke up early in the morning and you don't think it's gonna be cold in the woods in the summertime. I don't know if this is filmed in the yeah. summer, but like when we played it was filmed in the summer. But it's freezing at night and it's freezing in the morning when the sun isn't up. <laughs> yeah, it's almost comical because uh, I remember last year when we were filming, you wake up in the morning and I don't even think I'm exaggerating. Like I could see my breath. It was yeah, so I could cold. Too. And yeah. then you, I drove to the store because I didn't think to pack a jacket because it's one million degree Tennessee weather. Uh, I go, I drive to the store and no one's selling jackets because why would you? <laughs> <laughs> And so you're just like huddled in with a blanket, like. So wait, you weren't cold in the mornings when you played? Oh, when I played, I brought a jacket, of course. Okay. But like when I was on production, I didn't think. Well, that. I was just gonna say, like, you didn't remember how cold it was in the morning from playing to think to bring a jacket in the morning. I guess, I guess you just don't think about when you're on production. To be fair, no. <laughs> like I, I almost didn't bring a poncho, and I needed one. I, I like I, I was lucky to bring one. I almost forgot, and I needed that. Has the rain been really bad this season? Do we get that sense? Uh, in Angelica? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Uh, it, I mean, it rained around that round that Alyssa got voted off, if you remember, and when they yeah, merged. Yeah. I don't think it's rained since then. It's kind of weird, because this game is only a few days long, but I feel like we've gotten such variety <laughs> of weather so far. Right, because I feel like isn't... Isn't the isn't the episode we're talking about when it started with the final seven? Isn't that that's probably the same day as the same day as Alyssa got voted off, just happening yeah, at yeah. night? <laughs> Which at a certain point, like I, I felt this while playing, but I bet it's even more so the case for these people. Where once you're going to sleep that night, it feels like you've lived like ten years over the course of one day. Especially like in the second season, right when you're. When you end a day, when you start a day on one team and then you end the day swapping to another, <laughs> yeah, it, it just you have feel like you're living through a fever dream. It's just, yeah, it's going even on. If you're not swapping camps, like your 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 team dynamic is completely different. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And these guys, I don't like. They swapped. They didn't have to deal with that. But like like you said, when when you put your head to when you go to sleep in these games, even if it's eight days or three days, you realize if you sit there and actually think about like five or six people got voted off today. <laughs> like I, I did like 12 challenges. <laughs> How do, do we know? Remember what number they merged at? In this game, 10. Cause they, so they voted off like four people over the course of one day. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually lower than I thought. And that's not be. including however many, you know, the first six people voted off. If that, I don't think that all happened in one day, but wouldn't it be crazy if it did? <laughs> oh, this is a comment from Taylor. This was funny. Okay. Uh, woke up on the leak, lived through the schools, <laughs> and went to sleep final six. <laughs> Taylor gets it. See? 
Again, that must have been so surreal. <laughs> that was surreal. It's a whirlwind. Like you, you're moving camps, and like you go to sleep, and you realize all this crap that happened. And a, I remember when I was playing the one season, I was severely dehydrated, like right before we went to bed, and bed as in go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like walking around looking for water, like after age, and I legitimately like, was like thinking, "Am I in purgatory right now?" Because <laughs> <laughs> like I could barely see anything. I was just hearing like moans from the camp, like like from snoring and stuff like that like i was getting dizzy there's not water anywhere i'm like wondering what i did to make these life decisions the whole works i woke up i wake up on like a pile of dirt (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say i couldn't remember if it was you it's probably happened to multiple people but i remember one guy i played with woke up in the middle of the night didn't bring the flashlight or any light source to pee and then like he got lost on the way back to camp so he just <laughs> laid down in the, in a random pile of leaves like and, and woke up the next morning not even that far from camp but he couldn't see for the life of him and imagine that happening in Angelica like somebody go wakes up to go use the porta pie in the middle of the night and they get lost on the way back <laughs> yeah some of these people are more bold than I am like I walked like maybe 10 feet away from camp I'm not walking like <laughs> across the path there are snakes and whatever's out there I'm not well, doing that bring it back to our very first podcast the total drama comparison if they were as dehydrated as you were and lost at night they would sleep in the porta potty yeah exactly that's the way to do it <laughs> so Taylor clarifies we went to sleep the first night before the first tribal we voted out 10 <laughs> people on the first day <laughs> What? <laughs> and I'm not shocked by that because it's just as a viewer and you're watching these episodes come out every other week or so, it doesn't feel like that at all to us. But as a player, that's insane. It's it's like uh, if you lived life, like if you lived five years over the course of like a month, it would feel insane. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I have to, uh, and I have to remember, like, these weekend LRGs, like, they're only two, three, maybe four days. That's normal. To vote out, like, nine, ten, eleven people in one day. It's just, that's just a whirlwind. It's like, and when it's happening, I don't think you realize fully how crazy it is. But when it's after the fact, it's like, like, I woke up in the morning, like, my best friend, John, and then I didn't speak to him again (laughs) by the end of the day, because he was voted off at five in the morning. Uh, And... It just really, one thing I actually love about playing these games is it really gives you a sense of appreciation for just life. Yeah. Like, because you just live so much. So much happens in any given day. Whereas in your regular life, a lot of the time, days just kind of pass by without anything eventful happening. You're kind of like waiting for the clock to uh, catch up so you can get off work, that kind of thing. Whereas, yeah. like, there are some people who say they were bored, like, while playing Real Foot, never bored. Yeah. Like, every every moment, I'm like, please prolong this more. I do not want to go more rounds like, this day. I feel like every LRG, because it's so fast-paced, is like a shot of adrenaline, you know? Because yeah. it's like, like you said, you go through the day, sometimes punch it out the clock. It's very rare when something out of the ordinary happens, unless you, you're on vacation or whatever. Whereas this, it's like... I appreciate it as well because it's just a break from normalcy, and I also think it's. I enjoy them because it one it like it forces you to get out of your comfort zone and meet people you've never met before. I think it teaches you about yourself and it teaches you about basic 
social interaction, you know, it teaches you some new things that maybe you hadn't tried before. But yeah, I, I fully agree with you. It's like, it's so out of the ordinary and it's a lot of fun for that reason. What I think is somewhat beautiful about these live games is that they kind of remind you of parts of yourself that you had forgotten about and yeah. like show you, oh, I can do this. Because yeah. we look at this now like, oh, I can never do that challenge. But when you're forced to do it and you don't totally bomb or you do and you yeah. live through it, it's a remarkable experience. And I really do like all joking aside like we make fun of like lrgs and like live games and all this but it's really a beautiful thing in a lot of ways no i absolutely agree angelica real foot whatever lrg it is i hear so many people coming out of it talk about how just i never knew i could do this or i had forgotten i could do this and i just never knew i could do this because i never tried it or pushed myself in that way and i've truly you know and they say like i truly pushed myself and I'm so happy I did that. And just like you said, it's just another reason these allergies are beautiful. We can joke about challenges or twists or make jokes, whatever, but truly at the end of the day, we love these games. That's why we're happy to be on this podcast. And I love getting to watch these people, whether I'm a production or just viewer or playing myself, I love getting to watch how much fun people have in these. See, this is why you we podcast at night. We get emotional. We get yeah, we yeah. Th these no joke, no joke. And then I promise we'll get back to Angelica. Like some of my most deep conversations in recent years happened when I was playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just, I like I feel like I got straight up existential at some points. Like and talking it around cliched, that fire. But I'm willing to bet there are several people on this cast who weren't related or dating beforehand, by the way. <laughs> but like who met on this season and will be friends for years and years and years. Absolutely. So we go into the we go into the so like I said originally it's very cold in the morning. Everybody is has their hoodies and their long sleeve and or t-shirts on and their pants because it's freezing, right? No, Jason has a there's a funny moment where it's like, all right, you can sit, you can kneel, you can stand, whatever you want to do. And nobody moves, they just stay standing because because <laughs> the logs are like have morning dew on them, you know, they're wet. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But uh Brett is first things first. Brett find found an idol, Nathan. He did. An idol, yeah. And he's going to talk about it, and he's going to give his pitch on how he sees the game. And I actually don't think he's probably too wrong. He says that there's a duo in Billy and Chad. There's a duo in Amy and Taylor. And him and Steve are kind of in the middle of that, where I, I feel like on the bottom is more appropriate. But I, I understand what he's saying. Like, they're <laughs> on the middle of these two groups. Yeah. Um, and he's saying, basically, these two groups have to decide, because no matter what, if they vote out whoever stays out of Brent Steve, he doesn't say this, but he he's essentially saying they're going to have a lot of power because it could then be three to two, which is absolutely the case, which is I want to talk about it when we get to the predictions when we're done with the tribal. But whoever is that third per whoever's that fifth person out at the final five and the other four are either aligned or there's two duos that person has a lot of power so brett is absolutely right here so this is a very important vote that chad and billy are going to try to get what they want which is ultimately they vote with steve to try to vote out brett and amy and taylor evidently are going to vote with brett to get rid of steve which is what happens but 
Um, it's interesting, like you said, we talked about earlier how maybe this was always the plan that they wanted to keep Brett around, Amy and Taylor, that is, here, or if that just happens. Because Amy, at the end of the episode, we get to hear her voting confessional, and she says that it was originally going to be Steve, but she was worried about the idol Brett had, and also apparently Steve was whispering too much to Chad and Billy for her liking. So I'm wondering if they just really thought Steve was too much of a wild card. That's just funny. Like, of all people, who would have thought that Steve would be the one to, like, overplay his hand here? Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. And, and to his credit, Steve in his final words even talks about how, you know, he felt like he was kind of seen as, like, maybe Jay's number two, however you want to put it. But he wanted to step up and do his own thing. And I really appreciate that. It takes a lot of self-awareness to realize, um, hey, this ally of mine is getting a lot of credit for things. I'm not. I need to carve my own path. So I do really respect that Steve was trying to carve his own path here. It didn't work, but I appreciate the hustle nonetheless. This this might sound uh, random or damning to some people, but I mean this in all love. Steve is the Butch Lockley of this season. I, love I just find him fascinating. <laughs> I, I, I love that this man was on this season. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's another difficult question. What season did Butch Lockley play on? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like them asking that in the challenge and no one gets it right. No, I don't think anybody would. <laughs> <laughs> you and I, we should have an Angelica reunion and then quiz <laughs> them on these random things just to play this out. <laughs> Please, let's do it. <laughs> but no, okay, wh why is Steve Butch Lockley? He just, he plays the game interestingly. Like, he's very loyal in a sense, but he also plays really hard. And mm -hmm. if you're not loyal to him, he'll come after you. Yeah. And also, he he wants to, like, make his own path. He, uh, he, he just playing for different reasons, seemingly. He seemed very much there for the experience. Oh, I, I... All joking is truly all joking aside. I know we kept, I think we've ref and we haven't referenced it yet. So here we go. I think we've referenced every podcast about Steve's fire challenge incident. Yeah. <laughs> but, like I think we, but all joking aside, we joke about it because we love Steve. Like truly, uh, David and I have talked about it, not on live. Like Steve is. Like, every night we, we stay up late. Like, every oh, night. Do you remember when Steve, how glorious he was? <laughs> <laughs> Steve is just a fun character. Like I, I agree that it's kind of hard to put into words. I just feel like you don't see too many Steves on these LRGs. Like just in the sense that I feel like he's playing for different reasons and his vibe is different. He kind of remind me of Todd in Real Foot last season. Just you don't see he just has a different vibe to him. I thought you were talking about Todd Herzog for a second. Like, Todd okay, Herzog, interesting yep. comparison, Parker. Yeah, going <laughs> Where back are you to going? China references. I'm full of them tonight, apparently. <laughs> No, he just reminds me of Todd. It's just you just don't see too many people like him with that vibe and demeanor playing these LRGs. And I, I would like more people like that. Just Steve was just super laid back, but he also wanted to play hard. He like he was he would be calm as he'd be as cool as a cucumber one moment and then he'd get really irritated. It was just he was a really interesting character. Emphasis on the word playing uh, for different reasons than other people. Yeah. It, it's not like one of these people who comes on like, I don't care. I'm just here to make it as far as I can. And they don't do anything. Like he's playing very hard. He just yeah. has different motivations than other yeah. people. Yeah, I think everybody's playing hard at this point. I, I'm really like impressed with the caliber of gameplay with these remaining people. 
Yeah, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of these like college survivors in the yeah. way because the people who um don't really want to be there that bad this season um at least compared to other people i'm not saying anyone was like a quitter here but like yeah. the people who were less invested and were playing less hard they got clipped pretty early right and because of that you have in this end game like pretty heavy hitters in the end game yeah i think and again going back to what you said i do it just seemed like steve was playing more of the experience not that no one else was but also make no mistake sometimes you have in these LRGs people who are really playing for the experience but aren't too invested in the strategy or just aren't playing as hard strategically. That does not apply to Steve. That does not apply to any of these six, any of these other five people. Like, all of them were playing hard strategy-wise, and I can tell, and I really appreciate that from all of them. But, so, just, you get, so it seems like just what, what ends up happening is Chad and Billy, at least for this vote, want to keep Steve, and Amy and Taylor want to keep Brett. What do you think about, for those two duos specifically, what do you think about those two decisions to keep the, their respective guys? Uh, you definitely want your third in that spot. Right. My question is, is there any wisdom in the two pairs just going, hey, Let's just go to the final four and uh, force a tiebreaker there. Well, and... I wonder if there's any wisdom in that because Brett and um, Steve, they're both threats in, yes. in the end game mm-hmm. to win these challenges. Uh, like Steve could be very good at some of these endurance challenges, like any survival skills probably. And Brett's a threat to get second place in any of these challenges. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Until, sorry. Uh, well, well, as long as he's not wearing his cleats. Yeah, as long as he's not wearing his cleats, Brett is a big threat. These challenges. <laughs> um, it's a difficult line to walk though, because you're still technically working with the other two. Yeah. And you definitely don't want to go to rocks, and there's an no. idol in place. So this round is very complex. Oh, it's it's very complex. And like I said, I'm with spoiler. I do think they should very much consider just going to the four next round if Brett's not immune. Um, yeah, I think they should. But so we end up we end up getting to it. We see uh, the votes are cast, but um, ch- we're going to find out. And I have to assume. This is one of, if not both, of the advantages that Billy and Chad won at that challenge a few rounds ago, right? Yeah. So Chad ends up, he and Billy have one, have two halves of an idol. And when you put them together, uh, it becomes a whole idol. But both parties have to agree to uh, play it on one person. Um, and so Billy has immunity, so both halves are played here. They play it on Chad, so Chad is also safe. Um, but next thing we find out is somebody has blocked Chad's vote. A vote block has come out of play, which any idea where that came from? <laughs> so how many hidden advantages are there? Well, that's what I'm saying, because I don't see why, like, if let's say it was one person, let's say the two advantages were, um, uh, one person gets the have and have idol and then another person gets a vote block. I don't see why Billy would cancel Chad's vote. So I don't think Billy got it. That would be just, I mean, it would be funny, but that'd be completely asinine. (laughs) I was very confused this whole round. Like advantages are being played left and right. Alliances are flipping. 
It was a lot going on. So and it was freezing cold. And it was freezing cold, and nobody was sitting. And oh, I, I did, and like I, so I have to. And Steve obviously didn't play it. And Chad, wait, wait, so t- Taylor, come in clutch again with insight. Yes, please, here. Taylor. Amy got that Vange in the oh. merch feed ba- beef feast basket. Got it. So you, alongside Taylor. like the Gatorades and stuff, they found yes. the vote. Because I, I was gonna say, like obviously Chad. I mean, it would have been funny, but Chad didn't cancel his own vote. And Steve obviously did it, so it, w- it would have had to have been. That's a baller move, by the way. To just cancel your. That'd own be vote. funny if you had a vote blocker in like one of the first few seasons of Survivor, and someone's like <laughs> thinking they're gonna be real coy, like, "Oh, I'm gonna block my own votes. So I don't make any enemies." Sean, <laughs> Doctor Doctor Sean and Borneo would have done that. Yeah, I honestly think he would have. It would have been funny because remember, it was like he was he was torturing himself every round to write a name. He would have yeah. done that. Um. So when I was talking with my dad, I was showing Survivor to him, and the first thing he says is, if I were on the show, I would vote for myself. That way I wouldn't have to hurt anyone's feelings. And I just looked at him and said, yeah, you're not cut out for this. No. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you skip the, you can't do that out of the rules, to the, yeah, you're not cut out. That's even funnier. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, thank you, Taylor, because it obviously would have had to have been Amy, Taylor, or Brett here. Um, So good for Amy. Uh, big move here. Good move, I would argue as well, because you keep Brett, who, it, you know, and it seemed like again Steve ends up voting with Billy and Chad, so it would seem like Brett was in theory more willing to work with Chad or Amy and Taylor than Steve was. So good move there. Um, Chad, I don't know if this is the last round for idols, but Chad and Billy's half and half idol is gone. Um, so good round for Amy and Taylor, I would say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But we lose Steve here, unfortunately. And uh, oh, okay. One more, one more thing. I did point this out. I thought this was a funny mo in the tribal. Jason, Amy, and Taylor are kind of whispering, and Jason's like, "Oh, what are you guys? You know, Jason's like, are you guys talking about new information?" And then Amy makes a joke. She says. No, it's just I was just telling Taylor that she's grounded when we get home. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> that was a funny moment. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, any anything else about this vote in particular, Nathan? Because obviously it was very complex. Um, I'm interested to see how the next round goes. How, let's let's just go ahead and jump right into prediction. Well, hold on. Well, I asked that because first we have to give Steve his due diligence, of course. Didn't we already give Steve his due diligence? Oh, like we can do it again. You can never, you know. I mean, yeah. like, like you said, we is. Can you? I mean, ever since, <laughs> like, ever, ever since uh, Kurt got voted off, you know, we've been talking about these people more and more as they get voted off. Kurt's a special case, though, obviously. Yeah, um, Parker, why do you have to bring that up? That's like bringing up like, a loved one. Because <laughs> we need our because remember when I referenced the bingo card earlier? We haven't referenced Kurt yet, so yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, all jokes aside, you're right, we have talked about, but just Steve was a lot of fun. Steve, kind of like Jay, is someone that you can probably bring back every season. He's just a really cool, he just seems like a cool guy. I can't imagine he's difficult to host at all. Um, and he's just someone who's a lot of fun to watch from an entertainment standpoint. At a certain point, we're just going to become the challenge here. We're like, every <laughs> season, it's like half the people from the last season are coming back. I, I mean, hey, hey. Well, if next season is like half this cast and like half newbies, wouldn't it be the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, not, not bad. I mean, <laughs> okay, 
Well, like you said, pretty, all right. So, Nathan, we're down to our final five. Amy, Taylor, Brett, Chad, Billy. What do you think is going to happen? I think we're – oh, gosh. Because the people I think are we're all making it to the end have all made it to the end. Yeah. Like, I thought Amy and Taylor were really well set up. I thought Chad and Billy were really well set up. So, I mean, Brett went with Amy and Taylor this round, so it would make intuitive sense for him to vote with them. Right. Uh, so, assuming he sticks on that path, it's a question of will Amy and Taylor stick with Brett? Yeah. Absolutely. Unless um, something changed, which, I mean, it could, but if nothing changes, I would assume Brett's play is trying to t- get him, at least get Amy and Taylor to vote off one or Chad or Billy next vote, at the very least. I know I'm contradicting what I said earlier. I was just thinking of, like, a point of view to vote out uh, Brett at the final five. But, like, thinking it through, Chad is and Billy are just as big of immunity threats as Brett is. Yeah, like in all likelihood, and even if Brett is slightly edging them out, it's slight, and surely mm-hmm. it's better to not ha- be guaranteed to have to go to a, a Final Four tiebreaker. Well, you, we talked about this a little earlier. If Brett's not immune next round, I really not only is he a jury threat, but like I really do think they should consider cutting him because Brett has no loyalty to anybody at this point. Um, yeah. So what's the let's say he and Amy and Taylor vote out Billy or Chad next vote. What's the if I'm Amy and Taylor, I'm worried about uh Brett can just flip and vote with the remaining person at final four and cause rocks or cause a tiebreaker, you know? Like um, what would what would stop Brett from doing that? The problem is it's dangerous if it if it is a final three, like if it's a final two and you get to the final three as a pair, it's that's really good. But if you yeah. get to the final three as a pair. And um, you're with one other person in the end. That's not good. Um, So if they end up in the final three and that's how the jury is voting with Brett, that could spell disaster. Yeah. But granted, I could see it spelling disaster if they're with Billy or Chad. Right. So let's obviously let's keep playing it out. Like the best case scenario for them would be for to go to one of them to go to the end with Billy and Chad. Right. So let, let's play out both, Final 3 and Final 2, because right now, no twists involved. It surely would need to be a Final 2, because there's there, Kurt wasn't on the jury, so they star a jury at 9, so that would mean, right, that would mean if it was a Final 3, there would be 6 jury members, which could tie it, which isn't ideal. So <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> that would be funny, but, you know, just so, it could be a Final 3, I'm just saying, there could be a twist, but otherwise... If there's no twists involved, it would be a final two with a seven-person jury, um, which is like classic Survivor. But so final three, a pair and Brett. Obviously, that's not ideal. Yeah. And Even... if it's a final, if it's a final two, if it's a final three, no, no harm done. Brett's in the end. Amy and Taylor in the end. It's perfect. Maybe a fallacy in what we're thinking is, um, so. So you definitely wouldn't want Amy and Taylor both of the final three if you're one of Billy or Chad. Oh, right. Um, Problem is, is but I don't know if you want Brett there either. Problem is, is you don't want Brett in the final four either to vote. If you're the remaining pair at the final four, because one of these pairs is going to remain no matter what. Like, so if you don't want Brett to vote with the other person, 
you know. I can't think of a Final Five this complex ever. <laughs> it is complex with all the pairs. It's crazy. And another fallacy of what we're thinking is assuming Billy and Chad have like undying loyalty to each other. That's true. Which like I get that they're close, but it's not like they're uh, siblings or like romantically in a relationship or like bloodlines here. You you're know, right. you and I need a. You're right. You and I, for the sake of argument, which again very well could happen. You and I need to think of Chad and Billy being willing to cut each other, which very well could happen. Yeah. Um. But then again, maybe not because you don't. Want I don't to go think to the they end. should with Amy. Yeah, they don't want to go at the end necessarily with someone who's part of a pair because right. they guaranteed have that person's vote and probably their friends also. Right. So. I agree. I, I think the problem if you're Chad and Billy is again. I don't. I don't hate the idea of them not going to the end with each other. I just think problem is numbers. Is do you really want to do you if you're not completely loyal to each? If you're if you go into the final four as two pairs. Right. And you're the pair that if you're the pair that's rock solid, not going to break, which I assume in this case would be Amy and Taylor, you hold the power because, you know, Chad and Billy are more likely to bend and vote out each other at that point. And you don't want so you don't want that. But you also, you know, you don't want to, you have to rely if you vote out the other Chad or Billy in the final four is with Brett, Amy and Taylor. You don't want. You have to almost rely on Brett, in theory. And do you really want to go to the end with Brett, who's a jury threat? Well, why do you have to rely on Brett? Well, if Amy and Taylor aren't going to break, that's two votes. So, and if they're coming your way, you need Brett to, at the very least, make it a tie. If you're not immune. That's true. That's true. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah, they're going to get... There's no advantage at cutting your partner at five. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. If they, if ball, if for all four of them, if they keep Brett's past next round and he's not immune, they're giving him a lot of power to vote with the person who just lost their duo in the last vote. Which do you really want Brett to do that? Yeah, but even then, though, I don't. I'm not convinced. Like, let's say they vote out Taylor next round. Uh, Brett goes with uh, Billy and Chad, which yeah. I don't think this is particularly likely to happen. But right. let's just play this out. Is Amy going to prefer to go to the final three with Brett and uh, Chad than Billy and Chad? I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced of that. So again, again, I I say have to just in terms of simplicity. She doesn't have to. But wouldn't she theoretically, if Billy and Chad are not willing to turn on each other then, which they may, but if they're not, who's her only option? Brett. Yeah, that's true. But you're almost putting yourself in a no-win scenario in that case. Right. It's so difficult. It's so difficult. Again, I, I have no... Well, however this game plays out, I have major props to this Final Five. They've all played great. Yeah, seriously, they have. Uh, Billy and Chad, I feel like we don't really understand a lot of their headspace throughout this merge. Have you felt that way? I, I feel like... Well, it's weird because I feel like Billy has always been in a, I feel like the whole game Billy has played the middle. He's always been in a good position, but he lost he lost Sarah, you know, which was bad for his game, but it didn't ultimately send him which I think lost him some social capital, but it didn't ultimately affect him because then people were voting out Chelsea and Jay and Steve. So it didn't I think he then started to work closer with Chad. And Chad again in theory 
Chad should have been on the bottom at the start, but the the original Bostros were so divided that Chad and Taylor and Brett were able to skate by through. Like, look, I mean, who would have thought? Like, we haven't had a, any of that original team of Malik's voted out since Kurt. Like, that, that's crazy. That's fascinating. Like, those three of Taylor, not because they're working together, because they're not yeah. clearly, but Taylor, Chad, and Brett are all still here. <laughs> it's it, with modern survivor like strategy so much of it comes down to positioning mm -hmm. and it's arguable whether that's even uh something you could change all that much right. because i mean in an ideal world you don't want your alliance cut but the fact that sarah gets cut for billy is probably ultimately a good thing yeah. because it makes them less of a threat but that wasn't Billy's intention. Like that's not good gameplay from Billy necessarily. But it was right. Um, but it was good that he was able to take a bad hand and survive. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's just interesting. A lot of it comes down to like which people are viewed as threats and what position you're in. I think um, a lot of it has been voting blocks esque. Different people voting with different people. But the biggest thing in all of it was those real life pairs that really complicated things even more so it is fascinating just to be clear i'm not saying that billy played poorly oh that's no, no not no. what i'm playing what i'm saying is it's not like a stroke of genius that sarah gets voted out and billy like billy's closest ally goes home like that's not no, you can't no, really no. credit that to him but at the same time, it was ultimately good for him that that happened because he could play from this. No, I knew position. what you meant. I was just adding yeah. to your point that he could have been the next out, but he yeah. played his hand well. Um. So anyway, that uh, jumbled mess we just put out for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, right. Oh, so gut instinct. Um, if Brett doesn't win immunity, is it him? I'm gonna say no. I don't think they're gonna do it. Really? Yeah. I think I think that they're gonna like roll the dice and go to the final four with Brett. Who as in Amy and Taylor theoretically? Yes, I think they're gonna cut um Chatter Billy. Yeah, Chatter Billy. Um try to cut Brett at four and then go to the final three with whoever's remaining. Honestly, I could Chatter see that. I I could see I don't know why. Even if he's not, even if he doesn't win immunity, I could see them keeping Brett. I really do. And in and again, I think both options have risks. I see advantage to Cunningham at five, as I outlined earlier. But I also truly do see an advantage to if you're the opposite pair to cutting one. And again, if if Brett, like you, not Brett, if Chad and Billy are not as locked in as you as you mentioned, I could see them wanting to vote the other one out if they wanted to not face them in the finals. You have to if get I'm there at, in the first place, but I could see that happening. If I'm at this end game, I am starting to get really worried about Chad yeah. because his like build, like just how he's built, is really good for a lot of end game challenges. Right, like skinny but very strong, very agile. Like all of that is just very good for in game like endurance. Type and not that nobody, and not that any of these people are unlikable, so to speak, but like. I feel like we've heard rumblings all season about how Chad is so likable. Chad is such a threat. Yeah, exactly. And all these people could win, but again, I, I think I could see it also as like, and again, it's different with Amy and Taylor because they're literally related, but normally if you're a pair, you don't 
unless you're like, I don't care. I want, if I can't win, I want this person to win. If you're not related or, you know, dating, like if you're in a pair with just a friend of yours, right? Somebody you really like, you grew to know in the game. Typically, most people don't want to go to the end with that person because you feel like you're, people can't separate your games and you could split votes. So if either Chad or Billy get that feeling like, oh, our games are too similar or we've made too many similar moves, the jury can't separate us, I could see them wanting to cut each other for that. I'd be interested to know if these players think that's going to be a final two because that changes so much of the strategy. Because if you're, um, if you're anyone other than Amy or Taylor, um, going to the end with Amy and Taylor is a really good prospect. Yeah. Cause, and it's nothing against Amy and Taylor. It's just that they're a pair. Right. Like, it's really good to go to the end against a pair, if that's the setup for the final Right, three. if it's a final but it's three. really bad if it's a final two. And I think it might be. Yeah. Again, I, I thought that, again, I don't know for a fact. I've just, I've thought that ever since Jason said that Kurt wasn't on the jury. So I'm like, oh, and they started at Sarah, who got out in ninth. So... You know, if it's a final three, in theory, it'd be six jury members. But if it's a final two, it'd be seven. So, again, like you said, it's that the players have to realize that if it's a final three, then oh, I don't, I'm not as worried about going to the end with Amy and Taylor. Maybe they will split votes. But on the other hand, if it's a final two, that's terrible to be in a final three with Amy and Taylor. You know, because then you have to win out in theory. This is why you have odd-numbered juries, because then you you always have to worry about people like me. Because I would be intrigued to make it a tie, just to see, like, what would happen. Yeah. Like, as a juror, I would earnestly be motivated that way. Like, if I was, like, wavering between two people, and I knew one would cause a tie, like, yeah, I'm going for the tie, that's funny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm so... The fact that it took so long to get a tie on Real Survivor shocks me. Because I... Surely there could have been people who... There could have been, surely there, you know, as well as I know, there were bitter enough juries of like juries of nine with a final three or that weird final two in Micronesia with a jury of eight where it's like, they should have just tied it. See what production would have done. <laughs> did you actually hear that Eliza was considering that? I did. She she was, because she was like the deciding vote. She was, if she voted for Amanda, it would have been four to four, but she said it, she thought Amanda's pitch was so bad. <laughs> she couldn't justify <laughs> it. That's what she said. That's hilarious. But um, like none of those final three, none of those like mid 20 seasons with a final three and a jury of nine was like, uh, okay, you three vote this, this person, you three vote this one and you three vote that one. I'd be so tempted as a jury member to do that. The problem with the final three tie, like the three way tie, which would be the funniest of all of them. And I have no the, idea how they would break that. But the, and there'd be no way to break it. That's what makes it the funniest <laughs> outcome. But the problem with that is there's generally someone in the final three that just no one's going to be willing to vote for. No, right. Like with right. the straight days, like no one's going to be able to say, like, um, yeah, Natalie Tenerelli, I really appreciated your gameplay. Like, good, good job. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think of another one. Or like, Will Sims, I really liked how you played this season. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like, uh, or that trying to tell that because I actually think those none of these three played bad, but trying to tell the Nicaragua jury to vote, give three votes to Sash and Chase. Yeah, <laughs> that was just never going to happen. No, no. <laughs> or telling like the heroes and villains jury, Russell. I'm gonna. I hate. I hate. Like, tell, can you imagine Rupert Russell? 
I hate everything about you, but you've got my vote because I'm sticking to this tie. Because <laughs> it'd be funny. Because <laughs> it would be funny. And as and as I'm well known for my humor. <laughs> I think the best chance we would have ever had for that is if Borneo, for some reason, they had a final three. Because I could totally see the Pagongs just making it a tie to screw with production. <laughs> Could you see yeah. that happening? <laughs> I could see if there was somehow like a final three and the jury it, it was able to tie. Like, let's just say for whatever reason, like Greg isn't on the jury and it's a jury of six. I could have seen that happening. <laughs> well, that's the unfortunate part though, because if Greg isn't on the jury, I think Greg would be the one initiating this tie. Maybe Colleen could have. Yeah. She kind of had that. Not as much as Greg, but she kind of had that uh carefree, like, uh, let's just troll the game with attitude. Yeah. Well, okay, so <laughs> any other thoughts on how uh the the this end game is going to play out? Um Okay, just call a winner pick right now. We have to call one winner pick. Look. Look. I remember it. We did this with our episode 4 podcast with our good friend Michael O'Rear. I didn't say her name because both of you said her name, but I said she's my second choice. I think Taylor might still win this. Yeah. And just to be clear, by saying Taylor, you're implying that no one else could possibly win. No, not that. Wow, way to show me up like that. <laughs> Nutshelling here for you. Yeah, I'm going with Taylor as well. I, I think Taylor's the most likely here. Yeah. I think Taylor's the most... I think, like you said, she ha- be, she's with Amy... Um, she and Amy are the well, best position, at least as of now, to at least make the end, um, which is a good start. And I just, again, no, she's acquired her players, so I don't think anyone's mad at her, but or she's made anyone mad. But again, she just, she's played well this whole game. She's rarely been a target. Um, and I think every, honestly, I think honestly, any of these people could win. That's just what, just based on the edit and. Based on how the game has gone, that's just what my gut tells me. What do you think? I I think this is probably the most open final five we maybe could have gotten this whole season. Yeah, I do. Think anyone it's has probably... like a legitimate claim to win this game. Yeah, um, I I do think it's anybody's game. Some more likely than others based on how they're positioned, but I truly do think any of these people could win. Who would be the most like crazy outcome? Not in the sense that it's crazy that they won, but just how how that went about to them winning. So it's funny because we joked about in the pre-merge, Brett was controlling both tribes, or at least trying to, but I mean, he's been on the bottom this yeah. whole time it's since the merge, so I feel like that'd be kind of crazy. Just the the sheer fact, it's never been a question, can he win? It's It's been a question of, can he get there? Yeah. And if he got there somehow, either through some... Uh, strategy or form of immunity wins or idle plays. It'd be pretty impressive. Honestly, any of the Malik's winning, just because they lost so much early on, that would be kind of surprising. Nick comes back from the edge of extinction. <laughs> Let's go! And and what was the challenge? Battleship. No! He got his redemption. He got his redemption. No, 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 he got his redemption. Oh, can you imagine the edge of extinction challenge being Battleship? It'd be so lame. What if- <laughs> Look, would would that be much? Would that at least it would be memorable if they did that on the real show? Like, can you recall the actual Edge of Extinction on either season of CBS Survivor? It sucked. It was horrible. (laughs) At least we would have remembered it if it was Battleship. (laughs) 
I, I, fair enough. Fair enough. I, is it better to be? Is it better to be a okay challenge and be forgettable than a a, a crazy challenge and be memorable? Is this like <laughs> a Jeff Schroeder Big Brother preseason question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you seen Beyond the Edge? Jeff Schroeder for Beyond the Edge. Is Beyond the Edge good? It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, glowing praise. I, that, <laughs> you can put that I, on the box, the CBS. Not that's as the most bad as I, I thought you'd make it. it. I'm, I'm not kidding. That's the most praise I can give it. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. I'm kind of intrigued. I I'm. I mean, oh, it's honestly not terrible. But Is it's there any strategy so at what? all in it? No, because there any... there's no votes. Oh, okay. No, it's like they do it. They ha- Half the episode is talking about why we're doing the experience uh, which is fine they're doing it for charity so that's fine i'm just saying it half of it is talking about why we're out here and how hard it is to eat grubs and then they do a challenge and then they go to the lantern ceremony which is this one's travel council where the host asks them do you want to quit or not oh that's so lame <laughs> well the, the best way i can describe it is it's like what are those celebrity-based reality shows in the mid two thousands? So it just everything everything about it just feels dated is the problem. Yeah, this feels like something that should have come off come out like fifteen years ago. <laughs> um, but with that said, uh, good way to end it from Beyond the Edge. Um, so well, so as far as we understand, I believe the next episode is the finale. Um, unless, unless I may have that wrong, but I do believe next episode is the finale. So by the time we recap that episode, we will have a winner. Very excited to see how the season ends. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I can't think of anything else from this episode. Nathan, what about you? I think we've pretty well hammered this episode out. Yeah, I, I think we did as well. Uh, I, so tune in everybody. Thank you for those who tune in to Survivor Angelic After Dark. Um, this has been a lot. I had a lot of fun, Nathan, and we will be back whenever uh, the next episode comes out. All right. See you all later. Have a good one.